Welcome to another edition of Legacy Listening. I'm your host, Nancy Predahl, Lampernierson President and CEO. As an advocate for building resiliency and value in our communities, I am passionate about deepening our impact with these conversations. Through our quarterly podcasts, we learn from unique and dynamic voices across the communities we serve. Staying in the know about our ever-changing communities and how we can all leave a legacy strengthens our ability to deliver visions of a better tomorrow. Our guest today is Dr. Shannon Bartlett-Hunt, University of Nebraska College of Civil and Environmental Engineering Department Chair and Professor. Welcome, Shannon. Thanks, Nancy, very much for having me. Shannon joined the faculty of the University of Nebraska in 2006 and was particularly interested in research that lies at the intersection of environmental engineering and human and animal health. I mean, so important today, even more so than it was 20 years ago. Yeah. Shannon has also authored over 120 peer-reviewed publications and book chapters and has served as an investigator or co-investigator on over 5 million in extramurally funded research. Incredibly impressive. In 2012, she received a career award from the National Science Foundation, and in 2015, she was recognized as a part of the group receiving the grand prize, not just a prize, the grand prize for university research from the American Academy of Environmental Engineers and Scientists. Shannon, we're so pleased you could join us today. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. All right. As you know, our company's mission statement is leaving a legacy of enduring improvements to our communities. How does that resonate with you, Shannon? Um, it, it definitely resonates with me. So I think in higher education, uh, the legacy that we leave is clearly the students that we educate uh, to be the next generation of civil and environmental engineers. Uh, so it's really important to me that our department is helping produce that generation of engineers that's going to help us tackle some of these really tricky uh, global infrastructure problems that we're facing. Nothing is easy right now. And since we've been living in a state of permacrisis, or it feels that way anyway, dealing with wicked problems and complex societal matters, and despite and perhaps in spite of them, I really believe that the engineering community needs to play a vital role in meeting the challenges of the 21st century. From the outside, engineering is perceived as an industry of hard edges, precise numbers, calculations, pocket protectors, CAD drawings. <laughs> is that still a thing, pocket protectors? Probably somewhere. Yeah, somewhere, that, yeah. And while that certainly is a part of the profession, there's a growing realization in the industry that soft skills, empathy, communication, teamwork, are equally as important if you want to succeed now and into the future. Shannon, what role do you feel that the engineering community plays in navigating the 21st century challenges? Yeah, I think a, I think a really important one. Um, so I think engineers have a really important seat at that table. Um, but you're absolutely right that we can't just have engineers with strong technical skills and no ability to relate to people or uh, communicate you know, technical information to a wide variety of people. Um, we definitely need those kinds of things to, to face these challenges that we have. Um, we need to make sure, first of all, that we're making engineering a really appealing career mm -hmm. choice for a wide variety of people. Um, I think that's incredibly important, not just the students who've typically thought about going into engineering, um, but we need to make sure we're also providing um, engineering students with a lot of training in communication, in ethics, in teamwork, in addition to building those really strong engineering technical skills. Um, I think the solutions 
we have technical solutions to a lot of these challenges we're facing. Mm -hmm. um, I think the challenge is more in implementing the solutions more than, you know, so we have the technical know-how, but sometimes it's the implementation. How do we actually put that into practice? That can be the bigger challenge. Um, and so as engineers, we need to make sure, first of all, we're engaging with a lot of different people in society when we select a technical mm -hmm. solution um, in, in, to ensure that those solutions get adopted and put into practice. Um, we really need to understand what kind of barriers people may have to using those solutions and using those technologies. So with respect to infrastructure especially, we have to make sure we can do a better job to understand how infrastructure plays a role in people's lives. And so that requires strong skills and communications, ethics, listening, lots of skills that we don't traditionally think of as being important for engineers but are really critical. I think um, one of the things that I saw that the university did was during COVID that, you know, stepping up and starting to do the testing program to test sewage for mm -hmm. where COVID was showing up and what those impacts could be. And I know that's expanded. That's one way that um, you and your, your the school have really stepped up into tackling these problems. Yeah, I think being, um, you know, and again, I think that's a great example of using tools that we had in a toolbox, but also being able to partner with, you know, people that as engineers, we don't always talk to the Department mm -hmm. of Health and Human Services, mm -hmm. or we don't always, you know, work with colleagues at the medical center, but being able to have those conversations got that program off the ground, and it's still making an impact, you know, in across the state. Yeah, that's very cool. That's one of the things that I still appreciate about engineers is that, you know, just what you um, what you started out in was really the intersection of humanity and technology. And, and as engineers, we all, generally speaking, want to usher in a better world for humankind. Mm -hmm. You know, our work is long lived, it's built and it stays, and we enhance the community's health and safety, build neighborhoods and roadways, restore streams and wetlands, and design spaces that people can work and play in. It's so important. And while technical knowledge is a foundation, empowering us to provide solutions to current emerging challenges, being an impactful engineer, as you mentioned, is so much more than just that technical competencies. Mm -hmm. I love the concept of the University of Nebraska's Complete Engineer Program. And this is off the website, but it's great. I love the statement. The state of, the Nebraska, the state of Nebraska, the US, and the world need qualified engineers and leaders. And the program's stated goal is to enable every individual in the college to become the best version of themselves in supporting the values of the community, impact, and inclusion. So can you explain a little bit more, Shannon, about the complete engineering program and how that develops this distinct edge for future engineers? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge advocate of this program. I think it's so important for our college. Um, it really centers around six different competencies, um, inclusive excellence, communication, teamwork, uh, self-management, civic responsibility, and then professionalism and ethics. And uh, each student in the college gets exposure to each one of those competency areas, both within classes as well as through extracurricular activities. And then importantly, they get to practice mm -hmm. you know, each one of those competencies as an engineering student so that when they go out into the workforce, they have some skills in each one of those areas. And I think that's incredibly important. Yeah, we hire a lot of University of Nebraska grads, so we, we appreciate the work along those lines. You know that so much has been in the news lately about AI, chat, GPT, just the technology impacts that are just going to end. 
that are coming at us exponentially. And I, I think it would be hard if we used a time machine, maybe there's one already out there, but <laughs> to travel 10 to 20, 30 years into the future, if we could really imagine what infrastructure industry looks like then, I, it, for me it's difficult. The world is changing so rapidly. AI is gonna permeate our industry, there's just no doubt. It, it already is. We also know that we simply cannot solve humanity's greatest problems by leaving this and other technology on the table or not monitoring its impacts. We have to be good stewards of that as well. We must proactively ensure that we are using breakthrough advances to benefit the profession and the community as a whole. At Lampernearson, we're spending a lot of time thinking about the future, looking at signals and what their impacts are going to be and how we can nimbly adapt to those. And we're trying to act as, in, we are acting as initiators of change to define what's possible. So in a time where expectations are soaring with everything that's going on around, around us and locally at the state level, national and across the world, how do you see the complete engineering program evolving to fit the needs of the next generation? Yeah, that's a really, a really great question. I'm sure um, at some point some of those competencies will evolve into the future. But I really also think that they provide a pretty timeless foundation for students. Um, if we're producing people that value things like inclusive excellence, who are good communicators, who are ethical in their practice, um, who work well in teams and also play a role in their communities, um, they're going to be able to meet those future challenges, adapt to those future challenges, and come up with creative solutions to those future challenges. So I think while the mm -hmm. challenges are going to change and the technology is going to evolve, I really see those core um, components of the complete engineer being incredibly important and mm -hmm. just kind of providing that base that yeah. then allows students and, and future engineers to, to tackle those challenges. Yeah, we need to just really expand our our worldview and how we look at the what we do and the work that we do and its impacts. You know, I, I think that as an industry, we must find solutions that inspire the next generation of engineers. We looked at the, we looked at the future in our earlier questions, so let's take a minute to look in our past. In fact, let's go back 140 years. So Emily Warren Roebling was an American engineer, and I don't, she didn't have an engineering degree, but she was an engineer in every way possible, instrumental in the completion of the Brooklyn Bridge. After her husband fell ill, Emily became the pseudo chief engineer attending the construction site's daily board meetings and executing on project management. She was a pioneering example of independence and intellect. In an era where women were barely allowed to attain a higher education or any education, she led the development of what was at the time the largest suspension bridge in the world. It's incredible. Taking a page from Roebling's legacy, the engineering community must not only be driven by intellect, curiosity, and a commitment to better the world, but by the diversity of its participants. You talked about that earlier, about we just really need to think about the whole of who is attracted to engineering and how we can change that. If we don't have those different perspectives at the table, we're not going to be innovative, creative, and sustainable. As built environment professionals, we are uniquely positioned to create valuable and tangible ways. That's another thing I love about being an engineer. Opportunities are endless when it comes to creating spaces for future generations if we are intentional about our actions. Shannon, what trends are you seeing at the college to expand and include all voices, perspectives, 
and identities in the engineering profession? Yeah, that's a great question, Nancy, really important. Um, right now, I think is a really exciting time, actually, for the College mm -hmm. of Engineering in that respect. Um, you may know this, but the college actually received uh, the civil, silver level recognition from the American Society of Engineering Education for their diversity efforts. And they were actually just one of three universities in the nation. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah, amazing. That's it is awesome. awesome. So yeah. we are in great company. I think it was Dartmouth, uh, Oregon State, and Nebraska. Very cool. So very, very cool. Um, and so some of the things that led to that recognition um, First, are just being very conscious about where future engineering students are going to come from, reaching out to those students, making sure they realize they're welcome mm -hmm. in the College of Engineering, and also just changing the message a bit that, yes, you know, a lot of times I think we say, oh, you're great at math, you should be an engineer, but switching that. Let's mm -hmm. talk about being creative. Let's talk about wanting to help people, you know, live a better life, and I think that also brings more people into engineering. Mm -hmm. um, so of course you still need math skills, but it's not the be all end all, you know, of being an engineer. And so we're changing that messaging, I think, uh, quite a bit when we're um, talking to potential students. Um, we're also working a lot on retention. So once students want to be an engineer, we really have to keep them. We all know there's a lot of things that keep students from completing an engineering degree. Um, so for example, in our department, we've worked on a really exhaustive revision of our civil engineering program um, that we think will help with retaining students. We also created a new major in environmental engineering because we know just from looking nationally that environmental engineering appeals mm -hmm. to uh, especially more women. Um, and so I think those are some really attractive and concrete steps. And then also I think it's really important that we look at who makes the college from the faculty perspective as well. So we need to work really hard to hire the very best faculty, but also make sure those pools are very deep and very diverse. And then mm -hmm. we're selecting the very best from that very deep and diverse pool. Mm -hmm. And that's something that is um, that the college has paid a lot of attention to, yeah. to make sure that we're really um, attracting a diverse faculty. And I think all of those things are gonna continue to transform the college in really positive ways. It goes without saying that you have to see yourself in a mm -hmm. position to be able to see that you can grow to that. Absolutely. And if you don't yep. have that diverse faculty, if you don't have that um, emphasis on diversity, I applaud the university on the award. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really great. It's very proud, very yeah. proud of that. In his book, The Structure of Scientific Revolutions, Thomas Kuhn argues that scientific revolutions do not occur due to accumulation of facts and theories but rather to the discovery of anomalies and paradigm shifts. While technology like AI is rapidly creating these shifts, unlike we've seen before, I, it's just incredible about the, how the news has changed in mm -hmm. four months, three months, two months. The humanity of our profession is becoming a differentiator. And that, that goes back again to the, what, what attracted you to engineering. We must not forget our humanity as innovation demands we tap into the best of it. Shannon, with advancing technologies like AI no longer on the horizon but a reality, what does that intersection between humanity and technology look like from an academic perspective and from your perspective? How has that changed since you started with the universities in 2006? Oh yeah, I think it's changed um, dramatically. I mean, even just this past year with ChatGPT. <laughs> Oh, has boy, been a yeah. huge um, <laughs> kind of seismic shift. And I think in general, you know, we have a choice to either fight 
-hmm. some of these changes or just to sit say we're going to look at how this is going to change things and adapt with them. Um, you know, we had a faculty member give a great presentation on ChatGPT, and he went all the way back and found articles where um, individuals who had, who had had jobs writing letters were railing against the development of a typewriter. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. you know, you right. have to, so we could fight this and say we're not going to use it. But I think what it means is that we then have to say, okay, with this tool, and actually look at us as a tool, how do we teach students how to use it correctly and well, mm -hmm. um, and have it accentuate their work as opposed to just replacing, you know, some of the mm -hmm. things like, so they could use it obviously to complete assignments and maybe not learn a lot, but let's incorporate it into the assignment so they actually know how to use it well. So I think um, what it's going to do is a lot of the um, rote tasks, a lot of the calculations that maybe use design manuals are probably going to become more and more automated. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to need to train engineers to create the creative solutions, um, you know, to really think holistically about things, put things together in ways that maybe are a little less intuitive and stop sort of training um, or ramp down on training people just to sort of do calculations um, and that's not the future of engineering. Have you thought about how that would affect equity in the program for some folks that have access to different technologies that other folks don't have access to? Yeah, I mean, I think that's something we give a lot of thought to and just trying to make sure that we provide um, access for um, students in terms of making sure everyone has access to the same software packages, training on all of that. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, more and more thinking about um, you know, broadband and the internet as the same mm -hmm. type of public good and public service that we think about water. Mm -hmm. um, it's not, you know, as people who focus on infrastructure, we, we often leave that part of our infrastructure out. Right. But I think we do need to, to give more thought to how that is just kind of an essential piece of our infrastructure mm -hmm. and how do we ensure that everyone has access to it. Yeah. So wrapping up this year with the introduction of ChatGPT and how that affected teaching mm -hmm and how students are learning. What are, you, what are you looking forward to most in the fall and the upcoming uh, semesters? Yeah, well, I think it's really exciting time. Um, we're continuing to ramp out that we'll be in the second year of our new curriculum. Mm -hmm. um, so that's exciting because in the second year we focus on some new classes on computation. So we're excited um, to develop those courses mm -hmm. and, and continue to recruit students into that program. Um, and then I think, yeah, the, the one thing that's consistent in um, the university is that everything's always changing, right? So <laughs> that is like the one yeah. constant. So I think we'll continue to have advances with AI, but it's always exciting to see how both students and faculty choose to use those in really creative ways. So I'm sure we'll learn from our students and yeah. we'll you know, then apply those lessons as we go forward. Yeah, I'm looking forward to learning from those students that graduate and intern and then come to work mm -hmm. at Lamper Nearson. Absolutely. Um, I am a huge fan of the work that you're doing at the college, Shannon, and of you in particular, and I'm grateful that you took the time to meet with us today. Absolutely. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for tuning in to the Legacy Listening Podcast with your host, Nancy Predahl. I'd like to thank again our guest, Shannon, so much for coming. We really appreciate it. It was a pleasure and honor to have you with us. To our listeners, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Like, share, and tune in next quarter as we continue the conversation. Until the next time, take care of yourselves and each other.